This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Wednesday the 1st of December. In your Squiz today, National Cabinet discusses Omicron. Human remains found in the search for missing campers. Barbados becomes a republic. And finding your funny bone. This is your Squiz today. A special National Cabinet was held yesterday as state and territory leaders met with the PM to discuss the new Omicron variant of the coronavirus. Lots of Australians waiting with bated breath to see any new announcements, but as of right now, Eliza, no new border closures and no new lockdowns. That's right. They're holding the line. They're on board with the Prime Minister who said yesterday that the government is moving forward to opening up further by Christmas. So the National Cabinet made that call on the back of medical advice from Professor Paul Kelly, the Chief Medical Officer. He says there's no evidence to suggest that vaccines don't work with this virus or that it causes more serious illness than Delta. He did say, though, that early indicators are that Omicron is more transmissible or spreads more quickly than Delta, which is quite a thing when you consider how much we were talking about this this year. Interestingly, the leaders were shown confidential booking data from Qantas and Virgin Australia showing that hundreds of thousands of bookings would be threatened if new restrictions were put in place. Yeah, so they're going to hold the line, as you say. It is being watched closely, though. There's one case in New South Wales that was out and about in the community while infectious with this Omicron variant. We've talked a bit about what's happening around the world as countries react to the news of Omicron. In the US, President Joe Biden has called it a cause for concern, but not a cause for panic. Yeah, it's in the same vein as be alert but not alarmed, isn't it? Mm. He said that there were no lockdowns for now, but there was an if, if people are vaccinated and wear masks. So obviously the threat's very real there in the US. They say there's actually no recorded cases in America, which is significant when you consider their vast population and the fact that it has been recorded in Canada. Uh, Across the Atlantic, the UK is bracing for hundreds of cases. Interestingly, the Dutch say that the Omicron variant was actually picked Picked up in tests a week before those South African scientists reported it to the WHO. They're not sure if those people had actually visited Southern Africa. But there was a really interesting stat. Fewer than 20 countries have reported more than 200 verified cases of the new Omicron variant. So it's all very new. All very new. Only 200 cases so far, but 70 countries have implemented travel restrictions. Just shows how much everyone is on high alert when it comes to a strain with high transmissibility. Lots, of course, still up in the air as the data comes in. The good news, though, BioNTech, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson have all started working on vaccines that specifically target Omicron, just in case their existing shots are not effective against the new coronavirus variant. Over to Victoria now, where police have confirmed that they've found human remains in the search for missing campers Russell Hill and Carol Clay. Both in their 70s, they've been missing for 20 months now. The search has really picked up pace in the last couple of days. Yeah, that search began in earnest a couple of days ago and police were scouring the campsite in that remote area of the state's high country. Those remains haven't been formally identified and apparently the results are going to take a bit of time to come through. So just to recap, as you mentioned, 20 months ago they disappeared and last week 55-year-old Jetstar pilot Greg Lynn was charged with two counts of murder and he'll remain in custody until he faces court next May. Lots of 
of details not yet known about the case. Police are keeping it tightly under wraps due to the ongoing investigation. Jumping over to Canberra, the independent review into Commonwealth parliamentary workplaces has been completed. It's a big name, but essentially it's one of the reviews that was instigated after former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins claimed she was raped in a ministerial office back in 2019. This is the one undertaken by Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins. Take us through the report, Eliza. Well, there are some really damning findings in this report. One third of people have experienced some form of sexual harassment while at work. That's off the back of 1,700 submissions from people working at Parliament. That's everyone from staffers, cleaners, federal police officers, everyone. Of the people currently working in Commonwealth parliamentary offices, 37% have experienced some form of bullying while working there. And perhaps unsurprisingly, it said that the bullies and the sexual harassers were in more powerful positions than those experiencing that behaviour. Now, the impact of this has been huge for people, marriage breakdowns, mental health problems, and a big hurdle to future career growth, which meant that many people felt they just had to cop it rather than thinking that the bad behaviour might be addressed. Prime Minister Morrison says steps are being taken to ensure a better workplace. And former Prime Minister Julia Gillard says she hopes all sides of politics commit to implementing the recommendations. There are 28 recommendations that have come out from this report. The government will now consider its response to the review. On to international news, the Caribbean island of Barbados has officially become a republic. Prince Charles was there to mark its final step into independence. Yeah, so Prince Charles, who acknowledged the appalling atrocity of slavery, what he's referring to there is that Barbados was a hub for the transatlantic slave trade for more than 200 years. Uh, He said that the ties between the UK and Barbados would continue despite the constitutional change. The Queen, for her part, sent the country warmest good wishes. But I've got to say, I reckon the singer Rihanna was the biggest hit, probably bigger (laughs) than Charles and the Queen. She's a bright shine. Diamond of Barbados. She was born and raised there until she was discovered by an American music producer and moved to the US. So she was the biggest hit at the independence ceremony. Yeah, she was made a national hero. If you're wondering how you exit a monarchy and become a republic, to mark the official change of power, a final salute was made to the British monarchy, so Prince Charles. Then the royal standard flag was lowered and replaced. And that's that now a republic. They have an elected president as a head of state. There are still 14 countries around the world that have the Queen as head of state. Obviously, Australia is one of them. Pundits say that Jamaica could be the next to claim its independence. If you've ever wondered when and how babies develop a sense of humour, a team of researchers at the University of Bristol have been pondering this very topic. And according to their research, some babies show signs of appreciating humour from as early as four weeks old. Yeah, this is a study from Bristol University in the UK that for the first time maps kids' abilities to laugh and make jokes. So they looked at about 700 kids from birth to age four and parents reported their kids' behaviour Some think that as early as a month or two that they are responding to jokes. So that's the silly stuff, funny faces, poking your tongue out. That really (laughs) hits the mark. 
and by three that the kids were getting little puns or tricks. And I think that the moral of the story here is that you have to actually have kids so someone laughs at your jokes. (laughs) I reckon anyone that has watched a kid throw a toy or a spoon repeatedly to the ground from their high chair knows that babies have a very dark sense of humour. Squeeze the day. Eliza, what are you keeping an eye on today? So it's World AIDS Day today, which raises awareness across the world about AIDS. And interestingly, lots of the virologists and epidemiologists who worked on AIDS in the 80s and 90s are now crucial to the fight against COVID-19. So expect to hear about that today. Yeah, big shout out to all scientists and researchers. Today is actually the second anniversary of the earliest traceable patient developing symptoms of COVID-19 in Wuhan in China back in 2019. That was a 55-year-old man. And hasn't it all been a thing since then? Yeah, sure has. On a light note, though, it's the 1st of December, so a pinch and a punch for the first day of the month, Eliza. Can you believe we're in December? Are you all set for Christmas? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Uh, it's a bit daunting. Let's the not fact. talk about that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will just to say that it's uh, don't forget to check out our Buy From The Bush gift guide. It'll help you get set for Christmas. Got gift options for guys, girls, under 50 bucks. If you want to just treat yourself, put something for yourself under the tree. Lots of good options and all supporting fantastic Aussie businesses out in the bush. I'll put links to that in your episode notes or you can find them on our social channels or our website. That's all from us today. Have a good Wednesday and we will be back with you tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.